here comes a new challenger. From 8-bit to 35mm, game pads to the silver screen, your favorite video game characters are on a quest to become movie icons. Can they unlock the achievement? Let's go for broke! It's time to press X to reload. Here. Subcutaneous armor? The skin itself. 20 times more resistant to puncture than Kevlar. His muscles absorb the blows and cover his organs. Let him loose. Let's see how he moves. No, I cannot do that without sedating him. He would kill everybody in this room, including me. Are you saying that you can't control him? I control him, but I have to work on What his... good is that, a weapon that we can't control? You can use him under certain circumstances for the military. That's not what we commissioned from you, Doctor. You asked me to create an invincible soldier. That's what I'm presenting to you today. Basically bulletproof, no need for sleep, and he can fight harder and longer than any human soldier. A soldier? You're making brainless monsters! Hey everybody, welcome back to Press X to Reload, where we seem to only review Uwe films and talk about the good things in them, or at least when we review one, it feels like it's all we look at. I am Nick Moore, and with me are Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Wayne? Hello everybody. And Mark? Well, this is a far cry from a good movie, but let's find something good in it. Mm-hmm. Is that a sequel to my joke from last time? <laughs> yeah. So, as we discuss here, we are talking about Far Cry, another Uwe Boll adaptation. Which, fun fact before we get into this, Uwe Boll has directed a number of video game film adaptations, and apparently he bought the rights to this before the game itself was released. So for anyone wondering, how does he get a hold of these games and end up being able to make them? He goes to people before they realize they have a hit. I think he just goes to every single video game adaptation that's on the table and offers money <laughs> to all of them. And we see the ones that that end up saying yes or get suckered in or however you want to view it. But this is one of the ones that he secured before it was a big deal. And now it's a big deal. <laughs> I'll openly admit, I've played the Far Cry multiplayer of the first game. That's all I've ever played. Haven't played a single game. Uh, I, played, I played a bit of two, but I didn't like it. I played the hell out of part three. I platinumed it. It was incredible. I highly recommend playing that game. It is mind blowing. Cool. That's it. That's, but I tried to get into four, but I had Far Cry, you know, when you play a game too much. (laughs) (laughs) By the time four came, I was like, I don't feel like playing more Far Cry. I have never completed one, two, or three, but I've been somewhere when someone's like, check out this game. And so I've played a little bit of one, two, and three. But that's well, you, it. you both have more knowledge than me. I have no idea if this plot follows the games. I didn't bother to look it up. I just know I enjoyed the multiplayer of the up. first one. All right, it Mark, does, fill us it in. It doesn't. <laughs> there. Uh, Podcast over. Actually, oh boy. As, uh, as far as Far Cry 1 is concerned, the thing I have to say was shocking for me about this is outside of a really minor tweak, it isn't that far off. Interesting. The plot of Far Cry 1 is a boat captain gets uh, stranded on an island. He's fighting mercenaries only to stumble across that they are doing experiment on these monkeys, which leads into him fighting these monkey-human hybrids. So while this isn't that, it's closer than I thought it was. Mm Because when I first saw this, I was like, this isn't a Far Cry game. And then I saw that, and then I, I had to look it up, and I was like, yeah, it's not that far off, actually, from the actual plot. So credit to Ubi Bowl. He didn't really deviate horribly from the original uh, story outline. That's, and, uh, that's shocking, I know. That's fascinating to me. I did not know that. Nor did and I. And I feel like that's going to encapsulate how I would actually sum up this film as a whole. It feels like a... A television attempt at telling a movie story is the best way I can describe it. You give it television quality. It eh? feels like the kind of thing you would have seen on like the new VR squeezed between episodes of Hercules and Stargate. That's what this felt like to me. That's a lot of credit. For good or for bad. That's what it felt like. And if you were going to take a movie idea and shrink it down to television, 
ape human hybrids that would cost a fortune. No, we'll just turn those into bald super soldiers. Yeah, that sounds like the cost cutting procedure to expect out of the whole movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's exactly well, what this Well, Marx is. summed up most of the story. Uh, the only difference for the film we watched is the super soldiers, not super chimpanzee hybrids, are the, the genetic experimentation that's going on. Other than that, that is fantastically accurate. Yeah. It sounds like you both have strong opinions. I have some opinions on this. But, Mark, let's start with you. Since you summed up the plot, why don't you sum up your thoughts? <laughs> I honestly kind of found it boring as a movie. And because I didn't know until after watching it, um, I have to say my opinion slightly changed. Watching it, I was like, honestly, this isn't a Far Cry game. This is ridiculous. Like, Far Cry is about a lone person taking on like different groups on an island and slowly taking it over and either liberating or whatever. After finding out what the synopsis of Far Cry 1 was, I was like, this is actually a pretty decent capture of the game. I I still think it's kind of boring. (laughs) Um, Some of the acting is not the greatest. And Uwe Bull generally, I think, hates audiences. However, (laughs) his... Mad scientist, doctor guy, I found him delightful. Well, he's always I, good. He's always a mad scientist. He's always good. Whoever that actor is, he's Udo always Kier. good. And yeah, he's something. And I, I don't know why, but there's one line. It's so it's so stuck with me when I forget what she says to him. He's like, let's, she calls him like, I think she might call him like a mad scientist or crazy or something. He's like, hey, let's, let's not get carried away. I'm just greedy. <laughs> like, I don't know why. <laughs> But there are these times where something ridiculous is happening, and he tries to paraphrase it down to, hey, 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 let's not carry it away here. Like, it's this, not that. Like, it's just... She calls was, him a megalomaniac. Time. And he goes, let's take it yes, down a notch. Yes. I'm just greedy. <laughs> yes. I just... I love it. I love it. Uh, he was delightful. But yeah, um, that's okay. my thoughts. Wayne, fine. how about you? I feel like this is going to fall in line with any other Uwe Bull that we've watched, but... Did this one surprise you? Maybe even delight you? You know, of all the bad movies we've watched, and I mean the bad ones, there's well put together movies that we don't like, but they're still well put together. This is a bad movie. Don't get me wrong. And (laughs) anybody watching this has to admit it's a bad film. But of all the bad films we've Uh watched, this one I like. For, (laughs) For a weird reason, in my teens, I filmed a lot of movies. I'm not going to lie. This felt like watching one of our home movies. It felt like something we would write, something we would direct, the way, the cheesy acting, everything right there really touched home with our home movies. It's a bad film. So were our home movies. But it had that, it gave me that charm and nostalgia that kind of had me smirking the whole way. And I was like, you know what? This isn't that bad. It suffers from a horrible lead actor, uh, which is, I think, really the main problem with this film. And some cheesy writing. But overall, it's just a cheesy, cheesy, cheesy film. But of all the bad ones we've watched, this one made me laugh. I liked it. I wouldn't watch it again, but I liked it. It it, it felt Far Cry enough to me for what I knew Far Cry. I'm like, oh, at least they're on an island and Mm -hmm. they're going after mercenaries. That's more Far Cry than I thought this was going to be. I thought it was going to be a Far Cry from Far Cry. Oh, boy. Overall, it it was cheesy, but I, I liked it. That is completely fair. And it's accurate. So, I don't know if it's how many of these films we've watched. I don't know if it's my expectation of an Uwe Bull film because I've sat through Mm -hmm. things like House of the Dead and Dungeon Siege. I ended up liking this movie. It has a lot of things, like you said, that don't work well. It is a bad action film. That's the main thing that was frustrating me. You can tell this was a fast production in terms of anytime Mm. there was a fight. Holy crap. The action scenes are terrible. But this movie had a video store quality charm to it. This felt like the kind of stuff that when I was trying to find a movie to watch in the 90s at Blockbuster, you'd see the poster picture on the the box and you go, screw it, let's watch this. Yeah. And you'd watch it once, you'd laugh your ass off, and you'd never think of it again. Yeah. And then you'd end up watching it three years Mm -hmm. later because you forgot that you saw it and you'd be halfway through before you remember that's what yeah. this movie is. Yep, I agree. Agreed. And totally there, agree. Maybe it's a nostalgic thing that I like about that, but I was genuinely entertained for yeah. this. And 
I did not expect that out of Uwe Boll. That's what I said. There's a nostalgic factor to this that somehow won me over. It shouldn't have, but it did. As much as we knock him, this is probably the most competent film I've seen of his in terms of most of the effects are practical and somewhat believable. Most of the acting, I can at least tell what they're saying. And one small choice that I kind of appreciate. I know Udo Kier, the villain in it, he's fantastic. But Till Schwieger, who plays the lead, the captain... Mm-hmm. His performance is really strange because it's so almost undertoned. Mm-hmm. It is the polar opposite of overacting. He underacts yeah. the hell yeah. out of this performance. <laughs> I can't tell if yeah. he's trying or doesn't care, but it made him strangely fascinating to me. Oh. Yeah, like I I found I, I actually liked him in it, not as much as the doctor. I liked him because he seemed like he just doesn't give an F. He doesn't, he doesn't want to be there. Like he doesn't have a reason to go there. He doesn't really want to be there. In fact, he's spending a good majority of his time mostly just trying to get out of there. Like he's right. just like, I just want to get out of here. And he's trying to convince the girl who's re- the reason he's there to just get off the island. Like, can we just go now is basically <laughs> his whole feel throughout the entire movie. So that even in times of like tension or crisis, he still seems like he's in that mode of just like, oh, this is just one more thing keeping me here. Like, it just right. seems like that's his whole mood, the whole movie to me. The worst part about his underacting is that's him overacting. Well, it's funny because you watch most Uwe Bull productions, they'll get an actor and they'll have them just overact the hell out of it. See Burt Reynolds. Ray Liotta. Oh, Ray Liotta. But uh, from Wing Commander, the the hotshot pilot who ends up in Dungeon Siege, Name of the King, as the the prince and his oh, overacting he's been poisoned. Yes, Matthew Lillard. Yeah, Matthew Lillard. They all crank it up to, like, not even 11, but, like, 17 out of 10. Jeremy Irons, Dungeons & Dragons. Oh, God. Well, I mean, That's that one's king. not even him, but, yes, that kind of thing, right? <laughs> Whereas these guys, a lot of them, like, for example, Till Schrieger, he's a German actor. Let's give him English dialogue, and it's almost like he's uncomfortable enough with English that he can't overact. Honestly. So he's just trying to make sure he says the words right. His acting was so dry yeah. that at the end, and because I didn't expect him to be that German actor when this started, I, I, I thought we were watching a porn. I thought it was a dub. <laughs> I thought it was a porn spoof. Between him, the first <clears throat> time you see him and the American couple that are on his boat, everyone's oh, accent is yes. so weird that I thought it was a dubbed film. <laughs> okay, I thought that was me, and I don't know if it's just the version we watched, because I mean... One of the reasons I won't critique too much, like the the production quality, is because like just the version we watched, it was in twenty four p. It was just grainy as all hell. Really, I ours found was, a the one on YouTube crack. we watched was really good. No, twenty four p was all I was getting. It was it was the highest option that was offered. So I was just like, Ooh. okay, well, this sucks. So I, I'm not going to critique that too much. But at the beginning, there were some sound issues, and I didn't know if again if it was just the poor quality or just the poor ooey boldness <laughs> and that was one of them that's that scene where they're like i really want to go see whales and i was just like uh whales is this is this real dialogue are they dubbed here like i had no idea what was happening so first if you want to see it again in high quality mark i'll get you a digital copy i don't no keep it that's fine all right we've danced around enough let's start getting into the meat and potatoes of this film because there's so many fascinating things that happened that legitimately got me saying stuff out loud on the couch. I was engaged oh, yeah. with this film. Same with us. You have your opening with the the military team who, as soon as they show up, I say to Corinne, even money. They're either looking for Alpha or Bravo team or they are Alpha or Bravo team. Sure <laughs> enough, we haven't seen Bravo <laughs> unit anywhere. It's always. Yeah. It's always Alpha and Bravo team. I love yeah. it. But you have them out there in the jungle. And they're being stalked by VCR vision because every time it switches over, whatever's hunting yeah. them in the, the jungle has got vision that looks like an old grainy VCR. But at this point in the mm-hmm. film, you don't know what, you don't know why. I didn't know what to expect out of this Same. other than I knew they were going to get picked off. But I didn't know how rated R this film was going to be. Oh, yeah. Same. Until they come across mm. the first guy and he's completely torn open. Everything is everywhere. Yeah. The man looked like yeah. an M&M meat factory. It was bad. Yeah, yeah it's good. Good last death in that first scene. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, right. And then that one idiot when they're trying to find what the, the creature is that's hunting them. 
that one guy makes the mistake of after they open fire into the the woods and their overturned vehicle and they waste about a thousand bullets. Is that all you got? <laughs> as soon as he says that, Kryn goes, that's a mistake. <laughs> sure enough, he's yanked <laughs> off camera. <laughs> he's dead. Yeah. And in terms of practical effects, I really was won over in that first scene because some of the deaths, that last guy who's pushed oh, yeah. through a the chain fence. fence, I don't care yeah. if that defies physics. It looks Hash. like something out of yeah. like the, the laser grid in Resident Evil. <laughs> it reminded me of that. Only pushed through a fence. Yeah, no. I pictured exactly what Wayne said. It reminded me of Hellraiser. Right. Like, oh my Something God. out of Hellraiser. Is this it what, makes is this no what sense. happened to Pinhead? And it, honestly, at that moment is when I messaged you guys when I said I was watching this, that I was like, this should have been our Halloween special. Because yeah. this, this opening was more yeah, scary and yeah. terrifying than the werewolf within. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. You got your horror film in the opening of this. Boom. But I was mm. surprised at how decent the actual like practical effects of that looked. It was pretty solid. For sure. For sure. And yeah, no, truly. It easily defeats and surpasses anything from Dungeon Siege. Yeah. So the low bar that I have oh, set yeah. for Uwe Bull, I'm like, holy crap, look at us go. Yeah. It's like he's trying to make a real film this time. Yeah. He had me at deaths. Yeah. Right. There's another scene where they're they're demonstrating and they're shooting the soldier. Yeah. And I was actually impressed with the special effects of that as well. Right. I was like, whoa. Later on when you have <laughs> when you have them showing off a real. super soldier to the general and shooting him in the chest, the shot of the bullet bouncing off of him, that was pretty good. Yeah. Well, and even the, even the quick success, like, it got me because it was the quick succession of the holes and then the one that bounced off. I was like, wow, that, that looks amazing. Yeah. But after that attack, it now backs out of that so you can see the scientists who are watching this. And I know they start to address it later on with the soldiers going, why are we just here as cannon fodder? But it doesn't make any sense. Why did you hire an elite special forces just to murder them all with these super soldier dudes? Why would they agree to it? Why wouldn't they just take you out at the first sign of trouble here? Agreed. You hire mercenaries. Sorry, not mercenaries. You hire like punks, druggie addicts and things. Prisoners. Gangs. You hire gangs, people that want the money. Yeah. Someone who wants the money but isn't organized to fight back. So it's Mm -hmm. a little bit bizarre to me but whatever it's fine either way you establish that you have your villain mad scientist and you have his woman lieutenant under him who seems to just live and breathe evil she does things for the sheer evil smirk of it fine i don't need a backstory yeah she's the the second in command good enough but now you know who your big bads are Mm -hmm. and you also find out pretty early that not everybody under the big bad is truly evil you have the Man in charge of these special forces, Parker, who is just a special forces guy and he thought he was just, you know, helping the scientists with security and whatnot. And he is not on board with his men being sacrificed. No. And then Max. Which again makes your first point rather salient because why the hell does he keep doing anything? He's not on board with this. But yeah. Yeah. That's the part that really stretches credibility is how long this military man goes. All right. Well, we'll see how this plays out with you murdering all my people. (laughs) We'll wait for a bunch more to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah, And then you have Max, who I didn't know his real name, but I immediately recognized him. Ralph Moeller, who's been in Cyborg, Universal Soldier, Gladiator. Gladiator. The guy's yeah. like almost seven Gladiator. feet tall. He is super imposing. I immediately recognized him from Universal Soldier, but I'd forgotten that he was also one of Russell Crowe's crew in Gladiator once yeah. he's in that's the arena. What I, that's what I recognized him from, Gladiator. But he's a great so that guy. you know where I recognize that guy from? What's that? The th- I reckon I recognize that guy. There was a very short-lived Conan TV series. Okay, and he was Conan. Nice, <laughs> and that's where I've always recognized him from, even before he was in Gladiator. So it's kind of funny that uh, when he pops up, yeah, he's he's oh, hard right. to miss. Ninety-seven he's to ninety-eight. Look at that, Conan. Cool. I'm gonna check that out. Uh, I don't rush, <laughs> but yeah, he's actually pretty solid. Again, sometimes it feels like actors are born in the wrong decade. Or at least, you know, kind of rise to fame in the wrong decade. Mm. If that guy hit his prime in the 80s alongside, like, Schwarzenegger and Stallone, I feel like he would have gone a little bit further. Not that he doesn't look like he had a solid career. Like, the guy steadily works. He's got 56 acting credits to his name. But I feel like he could have been a big marquee name. He at least had that swagger to him. Well, he's a – he is built like Arnold. Yeah. And for the five minutes that you get to see him act before he's turned into a zombie super soldier, he's not bad. (laughs) (laughs) 
He's got more Shining charisma than our a lead. Super soldier. <laughs> yeah. He, yes, he does. Yes, he does. Slightly more charisma than our our lead character. Who we come to next? And I think it's the lack of charisma that makes me like him. I know that sounds like a weird thing to say, but he seems so disinterested in anyone liking him or giving a damn about anything going on, including the audience, that I find him kind of compelling. And the first time you see him is out on the water with that American couple where it's, George, I want to see the whales. Whales. That's a terrible scene, though. Oh, God, it was awful. It's bad because it stretches out too long. Yes. Like, it goes on about 45 seconds longer than it should. But his complete dickishness ambivalence towards these people where he's like, I told you you had three hours. I didn't promise you'd see the whales. If you don't, too bad. And when the guy puts up a stink and talks about, in America, there's a thing called customer service, I love his response of, okay, come over here. Come over here. You hold the wheel for the ship. I'm going inside. You want some drinks? And just leaves the guy to pilot the boat. (laughs) Those are the types of things he kept doing that I kept enjoying about him. Because at one point, I thought he was genuinely going to get them beer. And when they don't say anything, he's just like, cool, I'm going to go have a drink then. Don't crash into the rocks. Right. (laughs) He just leaves. And as soon as he does that, George changes his mind about how important it is they see whales. But then him and his wife argue on screen for 45 more seconds. That's terrible scene. Well, there's that. I don't understand why they did things like that to pad out the film. There's scenes that just stretch on longer than they should. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. The exchange he has with them, I legitimately laughed. And it's one of those things where at least those feel like intentional laughs. You can tell it's written, you know, in in a way where the audience is supposed to find that funny. Unlike half the things we watch where you're just laughing at the performance. I'm siding with his character. Jack, I think is his name. Jack. I hope so. Jack. It's Jack. It's called Jack. Jack. That's what he is now. It's Jack. No, that's the right name. You have the name right. Excellent. I I retained that. But then you have it switched to the reporter character who, I mean, she's mainly just there. No offense to the the performance or any of those things. She's not bad, but the character only exists so that the main character has someone to talk to. That's all it really is. And get him to the island. Right. To give him a purpose to be there and so that he's not just silently moving through the island while he's shooting things. And you have her tragic backstory of her uncles on that island who turns out to be Max and She's a reporter and she's going to get the scoop and she has to get out there and well, get this done. It's so important to her. So that was a weird whole like conversation with her editor who I also recognized as being from uh, one of the Saw movies. Okay. He's the guy who takes over after Jigsaw. Nice. Um, but it's just a weird conversation. Like it's just a weird Hey, I found this. Hey, it's a, a secret facility. And then every time she shows him evidence, he's like willingly not seeing what she's showing him. She's like, what's this? Nice picture of a uh, a doc. What about the guys in the right. background? Like, it's just like, he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, maybe that's covert. It's covert. <laughs> like, it's like, what are you doing? And then there's a scientist who's just known to do human right. experimentation. They just know. People, this is known. It's a known thing. Not newsworthy. Did they but say known. human? I don't think they said human. human. I'm not sure. I no, think they said they I think did. they said biological experiments, but I don't no. think they said specifically human. I think they said human experimentation, and I'm not gonna go back and watch it again. No, I think you have to go back and watch I it. I need you to prove me wrong. <laughs> Definitely. Either way, he's I'm a known Dr. Wiley <laughs> out in the world. That's what he is. This guy is a known Dr. Yes. Wiley. And I'm okay if they cast him as Dr. Wiley if they ever make a Mega Man movie. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm down for that. Udo Kier is Dr. Wiley. 100% down for Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. But it is weird that her editor-in-chief has zero interest on reporting what seems like a pretty big news story. Yeah. <laughs> to a point where when she <laughs> yeah. says, I'll use my vacation time and go on my own to do it, he's like, why does this matter to you so much? And just the, well, it's the news. It's what we're supposed to do. And then she looks longingly off at the picture that she has on her desk of her and her it's Uncle personal. Max. And there's a personal interest for me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Tragic backstory incoming. <laughs> so, so you know what was funny for me? I thought he walked away after she said, it's the news. Because of the way the camera angle yep. shifted. I was like, he's not even there to hear the sad no. part. He's just, oh, he it's did. the news. He walked like, away. Hey, it's the news. Bye. She said that to herself. <laughs> he walked away. Like she's doing like a detective yes. inner monologue at the end. And it's freaking great. Yes. Yeah. That was 
purely for the benefit of the audience. It was hilarious. It was so good. That's someone having inner monologue out loud for the audience. And you know what? Let's do it because we don't need subtlety yes. in this. Subtlety will hurt this film. Mm-hmm. But you move on to, mm-hmm. as we mentioned earlier, unless it's the, the main general. actor. You know, again, I like the performance being underplayed. It's great. He's dickish. I love it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It, it hurts the performance, except, except him as the main actor. He's the only one who works for Fair me. Fair enough. So you move on to the mad scientist trying to show off to the general the progress they've made. Because now we know it's super soldiers that we were watching through that VCR camera. Which, before we move forward, I just want to bring this up because it was irritating the piss out of me. You have this guy creating these awesome super soldiers that can do all this stuff. This high-tech system he has where you can implant them in the back of their neck and control them. And the recording equipment that he's using so that they can see what the, the soldiers are searing is old VCR quality. It can't look a little bit more yeah. high def. Like, it, it can't be a little bit clearer. Budget constraints. I That's guess. Cost somewhere. But, like, yeah. you can show yeah. that it's robotic or that it's recording so many different ways that will still at least look clear where you can see what's going on. And I get it if it's like the Terminator where it doesn't matter if you can see it, the Terminator is reading it, but it's supposed to be a monitoring system so they can keep track, and it's hard to see what the super soldiers are looking at. It's just weird to me. It's just weird. (laughs) Again, I had a hard time judging it because the quality of the film I saw was crap, so I was just like, oh, (laughs) oh, the quality dipped there. Oh, well, it's really bad anyway. Picture the quality that you saw of the film, but only during those... (laughs) VCR segments of the soldiers. <laughs> That's the only spot where, like, is that a soldier, a bush? What are they oh looking at? A little bit bizarre. <laughs> but either way, yeah. you have him leading him down corridors, and the guy sounds, you know, like, all right, like, let's see what you've got. And I love how the first thing he goes to show him, he shows him, like, a prison cell looking thing, and you've got a soldier sitting in there who is all pale. Like, they almost look like the, oh, the, the, the prequels oh. to Aliens. Um, oh, Prometheus. Yes. Yeah, they look like the those guys from there with the black eyes and yep, the blue okay. skin. <laughs> However, I just thought it was so weird because they're not doing anything, but the general seems impressed. That's by the it. thing. That's what killed. So here's me. a guy. Just yeah, I love when he gives them the gun and he says, "I want you to shoot him." And then he looks at him like he's yeah. crazy. Like you want me to shoot him? His only response is yes. just not in the eye or the mouth. And the general then, oh, and immediately shoots him. Yeah, <laughs> immediately shoots him. Like he yes. went from being completely concerned to shooting him. And then, but once he got the yes. rules of just as long as not the eye and the mouth, he was completely okay to unload on oh. him. Right. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So either way, I, he hilarious. seems really impressed by the super soldier when he's just sitting in a room doing nothing, which is strange. And then... He shoots him, yeah. and he's still impressed that it's bouncing off of him. And then, okay, well, let me see him do some stuff. And he's like, well, we can't unrestrain him because, I mean, if we took the restraints off, he'd kill everyone in this room. And the general becomes the voice of reason and goes, what good is this soldier if we can't control this guy? If he's just yeah. going to kill everyone, why yeah. am I spending all this money? And I love Udo Kier's scientist being like, well, um, under the right circumstances. <laughs> like, try to justify it. Yeah. Well, and... That part made me laugh because it's just like <laughs> you, you're designing several highly dangerous, murderous uh, soldiers and you can't control any right. of them. Like you think when you made the one you couldn't control, you'd be like, we better not make too many more of these because this guy get gets out, he will control. murder everyone <laughs> until we learn how to control them. But no, he just keeps making them. It makes no <laughs> sense. I was like, wait, he's insane. It shows that he's clearly he's nuts. And it's weird that later on he's like, no, no, I'm just greedy. But your plan for money doesn't seem to make sense. And then I love the general. Your funding is completely cut off until you can provoke, until you can make a super soldier you can control. Uh, well, that will require funding. Right. Yeah. So it's either funding. the funding is cut off and the project is done, <laughs> or you need to keep funding me to yeah. get me get get you what you want. <laughs> exactly. I love yeah. that. Your funding is cut off until you make just more. shut off the project, like shut it down, or allow it to continue. But instead, I'm going to leave you with time to sell it off to apparently the Japanese, I guess, is what he's doing by the end. That's I, yeah. that's what I... I'm assuming, and this is my assumption, I think it's a crossover and he's selling the information to Umbrella. That's my assumption. <laughs> because they'd hear, make horrible monsters we can't control, that equals profit, we're in. That is exactly... I think it's the same people who yeah. want to buy the dinosaur DNA from the Jurassic <laughs> Park world movies. Probably is the same people. That's, that's my crossover. Yeah. But 
Now you go back to our our lead there, Jack, who's sleeping off, I guess, a a bender that he had at the bar and the couple that he works for. It made sense afterwards. But at first, when the woman who runs like the the bed and breakfast, I guess, that he works as a boating captain out of, when she asks her husband where he is, you know, he's probably sleeping it off. uh, You know, he's he's sleeping and she goes, I'm not going to let him sleep it off. I'm getting my gun. It's like, what? (laughs) I didn't know what she meant by that. Yes. He's sleeping off yeah. a hangover, and her yeah. response was, yeah. I'm getting my gun. And it turns out she's just going to fire yeah, a rifle from there. across the yeah. dock and hit the bell on his boat to wake him up. Well, and it's a BB gun. It's not a gun gun because they load like a pellet. But the way she the says thing. it, yeah. it sounded way more serious before that happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is pretty funny to me. Well, and I kind of like the, the husband, the, oh, I – uh She's like, he works for us. He's like, why is it contract? Yeah. <laughs> like, just, just anything to get out of having to go and talk to him. And I then as it. soon as she walks away from him, the first of, I think, four times in this film that somebody openly mocks something someone else said, where she's like, just go ahead and get it done. He goes, go ahead and get it done. <laughs> <laughs> it's bad. Yeah. I love, it's such a mm-hmm. small, petty yeah. thing to do, but multiple people do that in this movie. And it was killing me. Because yeah. it's not even clever, but it's something that yeah. we've all no, done. It's not. Yeah. Yeah. So And still do. It was yeah. legitimately human to me, <laughs> which is a nice moment. And now you have our reporter on the boat with our main lead, and she convinces him that she really does know Max and that she really is his niece. And she's got to make it out to that island. And she goes, want to come with me? No. No, not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. He got six hours. <laughs> Just I don't want to go out there. You're on your yeah. own. There's a the moment when he when he finally brings her to the island and he's like, uh, you gotta be back in six hours. And she was like, You better be again, one, one of the mocking, you better be here when I get back. And he does the be here when I get back. <laughs> but I thought he was going to say I thought he was going to genuinely say to her when she's like, you better be here when I get back. I thought he was going to say, I will be here if you're back. Right. Because <laughs> he doesn't care. No. Now, in the meantime, awesome. unbeknownst to her, his Max has been caught for trying to send information to her because he's her leak within the company. And they've decided to turn him into a super soldier so we can feel sad once he's been turned into a Frankenstein's monster. And if we're looking at mm-hmm. positives, I was genuinely impressed with the practical effects for the surgery. It looked pretty good. Yeah. 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 You've got the back yeah. of his neck like, opened up and they're shoving cylinders real. in there and all of the blood and yeah. everything for it looked just bloody and messy enough without going into like horror film gore. It felt real. It looked like a plausible surgery, which I thought was pretty neat. And, it, and considering the yes. surgery took place at a cement yeah. factory, it was even more <laughs> impressive. <laughs> yes. Oh, oh, sorry. I mean a high tech uh, laboratory. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, the sets yeah. are probably one of the spots where it feels like they saved a buck. <laughs> oh, yeah. They just found a cement, old abandoned cement factory, so we're going to film here. The whole but thing. But I do like, shortly after that, yep. when Max is in one of those cells and the slot opens up and the dude is so tall, he's got to like squat down to look through the slot. Yeah. It's at eye level for any of us. And yeah. this guy's got to lose a foot off of himself to be able to like squint through it. Yeah. That's a great way to remind you. He is a so tank. Just- He's a monster man, yeah. He's a but mountain. our hero Jack drops her off into the, the middle of the jungle, and he's hanging out on his boat, just having a brew. And mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. of things. When she gets up to the meeting point where Max is supposed to meet her, the amount of overkill of how many military soldiers are waiting to ambush her. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. There's no exaggeration. Yeah. About 40 with about six vehicles, floodlights, all kinds of, you know, like, Machine guns yeah. and such. I thought, okay, that's a little bit of overkill, but whatever. It's a security leak. And then the dude with the RPG walks past the camera. Yeah. And the helicopter. And I literally said out loud, a fucking RPG. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking, it's Alpha like, and Bravo team. Well, I'm thinking, why do they have an RPG for the reporter? <laughs> and then he keeps walking towards the boat, and it all made sense. <laughs> but it didn't make sense to me. And then I justified it as, well, maybe they didn't know it was her. But then the dialogue makes they it look clearly like they knew, knew. exactly who They was knew. Her. Yeah. But they're going to use yeah. a rocket-propelled yeah. grenade to take out the boat that brought her there. And that guy has spidey sense because yeah. he's sitting there having a drink. Yep. And then looks off in the dark. And it looks like he can kind of see, like, the glare of the lens, I guess, for the RPG from their, their scope. And he does just... 
the the quick look at yeah. it and just you can see him thinking for a second and then as soon as you hear the whoosh of it going off the double take of it's a rocket as soon as he sees it props to him there's no holy crap what i do he's already halfway at the boat by the time he's done looking yeah yes yep. yeah as he's looking i love like, that he's quick to dive out of there and the practical effect of the explosion like they blew up a boat yeah they blow up a lot of stuff in this yeah there's yeah. only two explosions yeah. that clearly look CG, and they're both the helicopter, which we will get to. Yeah, which makes sense. Right. But everything else, yeah. they're which blowing stuff sense. up, and I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. And now that Jack has lost his boat, he has the laziest ambush I've ever seen, where he takes down one guy with a big <laughs> freaking log, and then just leans up against a tree, and the other guy runs right past him. <laughs> Yep. And takes him out and in eight punches. Yeah, no, I think he trips yeah. him. He takes him out in eight punches and thirteen camera cuts. It's just why. Oh, I know. It's, it's just why. Yes. Yeah, it's the only part yeah. of the film I truly can't defend. Anytime there's a hand-to-hand fight, it's oh, it's bad. horrendous. <laughs> like it's horrendous. really bad. Which is weird. Probably the worst <laughs> because most of the vehicle chases in this are passable. They're competent. Yeah, they're I won't decent. say they're great, but they're good. <laughs> The hand-to-hand fights are not, (laughs) but whatever, it's fine. Either way, he takes out those two and then sneaks up to the the reporter girl who's trapped inside the back of one of the military vehicles like she's being arrested by the cops and cold cocks. You're forgetting about the most. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're forgetting about the most epic toss a stone into the forest to distract. Oh, yeah. No, that's true. That's true. It's good. He distracts. Everyone. There's like 40 people up there, and they they hear one little snap of a twig, and they're like, send everyone. Yeah, 30, no, 38, 38 of the 40 go. two are gone. 38 of the 40 go. <laughs> Gotta leave Holy two for him. But he cold cocks the Holy lieutenant, moly. uses a car door to shield himself against bullets, which does not work, but okay, fine. It's a movie. And then a relatively fun chase happens starting with he rolls the one grenade underneath the the Gatling guy and then they go to take off mark you want to interject i do because there's something that would i would normally make fun of but because it's such a character thing for him it was making me laugh whenever he comes under fire he doesn't panic he just shoots back yeah he doesn't even try to like yeah dodge like when he opens that car door he does it slowly and methodically and shoots around the side of it and in an action movie, you'd see people like frantically moving. And he's only no, he halfway behind he it. He just opens the door. <laughs> yeah, like most people when they're being shot it. at, they do some sort of bob and weaving. Yeah. He doesn't. He, Not him. It's either I'm going to get hit, and if they didn't hit me, then I'm still here, and I'm going to turn around and shoot. Look, in your traditional first-person shooter, it, works, it is difficult to dodge right. and shoot at the same time. If you want to aim, you stop and you aim. But, but even in a first-person shooter, circle squats. Works yeah. for him. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I love it, though, because it... It almost seems like a character choice because of how he plays his character for the rest of the movie. Because it's just the yeah, whatever. All I'm it's picturing like now the script. I'm is make him and Uwe Bull like, oh, yeah, discussing the, the scene. He's like, Mister Bull, I think in this scene I shouldn't dodge the bullets. Why? Because my character wouldn't care about the bullets. <laughs> no, <laughs> they're not his. I problem. know they're going like, go right. His problem go is it. getting <laughs> off the island. The bullets yeah. are not his problem. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, every, and, and from that moment on, everything he's, again, mildly disinterested in, even in a life-and-death moment, because he's really just trying to leave. Yeah, no, that's he's fair. Just go. I think it's a directing thing. I think you know, when that scene was being filmed, nobody told him that he's being shot at. They just said, now turn around and shoot. <laughs> that is also possible. Yeah. You might be giving too much uh, credit to the also thought process. Probably, they probably dubbed it in later and said, oh, actually, let's have some yeah. shooting at him. But nobody well, ever told him he's he being shot Well, he definitely knows at. he's getting shot at. Once they're in the vehicle and driving away and they're getting chased yes. by the yes. remaining vehicles. So I think four out of the six, cause they stole one, one got blown up by him mm-hmm. and the other four are chasing. And I do like when he spins the vehicle around, starts driving backwards, despite the fact that no car reverses that quickly. So they would gain on you super yeah. fast when he's mm-hmm. giving her instructions to try and help. Cause she's in the vehicle with him and she's, you know, getting off the cuffs cause he's got that key with yeah. him. She's like, you have a, a cuff key. I never leave home without it. <laughs> he's got some weird character choices but when yeah. he tells her throw yeah. a grenade i called it she goes to throw a grenade i was like she didn't pull the pin Kern goes what are you talking about of course mm-hmm. she did it bounces off the car goes nowhere and him going you have to pull the pin for it to work without it it's useless <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then of course 
she pulls the pin on one, they hit a bump, and now it just falls into the back of the vehicle. And I kind of like, she sees that it fell into the bag of grenades they have, and she goes, all right, screw it, and throws all the grenades out of the vehicle. (laughs) It makes sense. Uh, It made sense in the moment. I, yes. It was legitimately funny. And I just, I, I was just laughing, not so much at the scene, but just almost the thought process of like, I don't know, in today's day and age with all the media and stuff, like, you don't know the pull of the pin? Like, it just seems like it's such a, like, cliche thing. You need no expertise to know, right, grenade, pin, you pull the pin, that's what you do. Like, it just seems like such a thing. So when she doesn't do it, I was laughing because I was just like, I guess I got to believe that she is just really sheltered and and mm-hmm. just for a reporter. Or just clue panicked for a reporter. How many of us get shot at on a regular basis? But... No, but here's where it's funny, because just before that, she makes an amazing shot with that net gun. Okay. So the net gun was I a good shot. She was highly competent because because she's got the net gun and she goes and she takes out the guy who's on top of the fifty cal on top of the Humvee, and it all looks well, so moving. intentional. And I was like, oh wow, while while everything is moving and they're going through rough terrain, she's like. What boom, boom nails him first shot. I was like, wow. So they're going to treat her character like she isn't useless because her uncle is an ex-soldier. So maybe he's shown her some things. Like I thought that's where they was slowly going. It's possible. It's absolutely maybe he just never showed her grenades. They, <laughs> they never got to grenade one on one. Grenades are going to be next no, week. No, she's pretty useless after that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they turned yeah. him into a mindless zombie. So that yeah. just never happened. A shame. That's the sad, I, heartbreaking story. Know. What he didn't that's show her. What story. he definitely didn't show her. But she is a natural at is using a grappling gun. <laughs> because that harpoon yes. gun, <laughs> she fires it by accident when they hit a bump, and it goes up through the roof of the vehicle, flies up 100 feet into the air, happens to go through the belly of the helicopter perfectly. Locks on. Locks on. <laughs> and then yeah. when they s- see the end of the cliff coming up and come to a screeching halt, the helicopter finishes dragging them the rest of the way off of it, which is awesome. So awesome. We also make the note that that road, that's a road. That road comes to a stop. Ends at a cliff. Yeah. Ends at a cliff. It doesn't turn. Yes. There's no sign saying road close. Nope. Like nope. it's, it's a, it, they even paved to the edge and, and like, yes. it's not like the, it fell apart. Whole, this thing was built to go off a cliff. That whole scene is Looney Tunes yes. done live because none of it makes oh, sense. Absolutely. But it's hysterical. <laughs> absolutely. Mm-hmm. everything yeah. down to again yeah. the awesome practical effect because it looked practical to me of the jeep being dragged by the helicopter in the air i don't know how they did that yeah. but that looked real yeah and then it falls in the water and i love yeah, that they killed, they killed those stuntmen. the yeah. second that the <laughs> jeep detaches from that cable and falls into the water that cable comes springing up wraps itself around the the blade of the helicopter and they are screwed <laughs> that is a series of natural 20s unlike anything i've ever seen <laughs> Also, yeah. the only CG explosion because the oh, 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 helicopter could not be done live. Yeah. But I forgive it mm-hmm. because it's hysterical. <laughs> R.I.P. helicopter. He might have tried. It just didn't survive their first try. So he had to CG. <laughs> <laughs> it's Uwe Bull we're talking about. Mr. Bull, we've <laughs> lost 17 men and three helicopters. Just use CG. He's a purist. You've lost three helicopters. All of this chaos with the chasing and the helicopter and the explosions and the grenades sets up probably the most beautiful romantic <laughs> scene I've ever seen in a movie that is the most plausible romance scene. It made complete sense. Uh, we were in tears watching it. We were like, this is just beautiful. Corinne was shocked that it actually led to sex. Because as soon as that it starts no up, sense. when we're they like, find oh. that cabin, that shed in the middle of nowhere... And she's yes. like, I'm freezing. He's like, oh, you should probably take off your clothes so that they can dry. She's like, look away. And he just keeps looking over. He goes, I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. cold too. I should take off my clothes too. Like this dude is not suave at all. And sure enough, when she climbs under the covers, can I join you under the covers? <laughs> and in was Ger- it? Yeah, in every, German, we have this thing called shared body shared heat. Body heat. <laughs> <laughs> you mean spooning? <laughs> spooning? Yeah. Yes. Every second of that, I kept waiting for a reveal of, He's not cold at all. Like, I thought when they spooned, yeah. she was going to be like, oh, you're burning up. Like, he yep. would be, like, not cold at all, but he would be warm. But no, instead, we get treated to, is that your gun? Oh. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, it is. And the best part is. I, I take it everywhere with it me. It really is his gun. 
And as soon as he takes it away, it she starts really making out with gun. him. Well, I thought sex. the scene was going to end yes. at that's really his gun, and they wouldn't have the sex scene after leading up to it so awkwardly, and then yeah, they no. do. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> but it's followed up it's by amazing. the next day yeah. where he asks oh. the ridiculous oh. question, "How was I?" and she wouldn't answer. And when he presses on it on a scale one to ten, and she goes two. <laughs> but the Jeez. best is again <laughs> after all the chaos between now and that moment. He still cares absolutely nothing about what's going on on this island other than what she thinks of nope. him sexually. And we got to get off the island. Those yes. are the only two things that matter. That's and it. got to get off the yeah. island. But I think that's second. Yeah. <laughs> it's now yeah. one. She's like, we got to. Gotta... <laughs> yes. It's it's absolutely second. And I just love the we got to go back for Max. No, we got to get off the island. <laughs> <laughs> I got my sex. We just got to get off the island now. But either way, they're walking along, their clothes have dried, they shake down a couple of soldiers so that he can steal the uniform, and I do like when they, he's got the soldier guy at gunpoint, because he's lured him out with her as bait, and just the undress. Oh, this is... And then, when the guy starts to undress, he's like, no, 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 I was talking to her. No, 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 I was kidding, I totally mean you. Like, what is the point of that What was the point of that? And the soldier's like smiling, like, sweet. In the middle of that, looks at her again and goes, seriously, a two? And she's like, all right, maybe a three. Like, why? this happening <laughs> oh, like, they just got shot at chased exploded and they don't seem to be scared in the slightest they are having no. a romantic comedy in, in the middle of this film i'm yeah. <laughs> beginning to think that the actors had sex for real and they just captured them oh, having geez. a conversation about it <laughs> in the midst of filming Some documentary vibes <laughs> yeah We'll have to watch the making of this. Uh, I, I want to keep the the magic of this a mystery. That's quite okay. <laughs> but either way, they get to the facility. He has her hide in the worst hiding spot imaginable. Here, hide between some containers with a tarp halfway over it that a camera is pointing specifically at. Directly. Like directly at it. You, yes. If he looks up, it's there directly. with a blinking light. Hide in this where the yeah. opening is right there and you can see into it. So even when she's hidden, the camera's looking right at her face and says, I'm going to go get a boat. Wait here. Don't move. And it's the only time she really listens to him. Yeah. And if she just moved, she wouldn't get caught. Yeah. <laughs> but oh she listens, so she gets caught. And then oh, he meets my favorite so character funny. in the entire movie, Emilio. Oh, Jesus. The, the meatball oh, sandwich man. man. Oh my good god. Not the only guy who will, this is the only human being I know who will value a sandwich over his life. <laughs> yes. All right. So, at first he comes across as normal comic relief. He's the dock worker delivering the food to these people. Sure. He clearly doesn't seem to know what's going on. He's just complaining about, you know, if we mm-hmm. allowed me to park my boat at the front, I wouldn't have to lug this stuff back and forth and he's giving them all their food supplies. And then when Jack tries to steal the boat from him and then our Parker sergeant guy shows up and doesn't recognize Jack despite his military stolen uniform, during the standoff between the two of them with weapons, the meatball sub guy panics and goes for his meatball sub on the ground. <laughs> that was more important yes. than potentially being he shot He breaks at. a standoff yes. he's by diving for his sandwich. That almost killed him a minute ago. Yes, he's being... Yeah. He was choking to death He's on being thing. held at gunpoint. And <laughs> again, why Jack is awesome. Jack was sneaking up to take him out. He was literally like coming up behind him, getting ready to take him out. And then when he realizes he's choking, he's like, oh, are you okay? Yeah. And <laughs> oh, he's only going to knock him out. But now that he's dying, <laughs> he saves, saves his life. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I loved it. God. Hilarious. Either way, the meatball sub dive now escalates things further where the military's after him because he cold cocks Parker. So more than one military person's boat been chase. knocked out. And now we get a boat chase where Emilio, the food guy, is along for the ride because he's now screwed by proxy. The fact that he happened yeah. to be within the vicinity yeah. of Jack, he's now a co-conspirator. Yep. And I love that they won't listen yeah. to the reason on that. This was your food guy. Could you maybe believe that he just got wrapped up in it like he says not that it was all part of an elaborate plan between the B&B boat captain and the food guy to expose your business yeah. <laughs> sounds legit I mean, 
Oh my god! But the boat chase is awesome, in my opinion, for a couple of moments. Yep. One, it Emilio was a good boat chase, actually falling really off the side of it and falling hanging off. on for yeah. dear life on that there's, rope. But there's the no way. There's no way that guy could have hung on. There's no way he holds. The on. guy was just complaining how bad his back was. Right. The guy just almost died from a six-inch sub, and he's got the strength to hold on. Well, this boat's got to be going, I don't know boat speed, so I don't know knots, but it's got to be going like 80 kilometers an hour down that down that water. And yeah. he's holding on with his two hands. I, sure. I I was willing to accept. <laughs> I was willing to accept he could hold on. I could not accept he could pull himself back up. Jack helps him. <laughs> Just couldn't Jack helps him, it. and it takes like thirty seconds yeah. while getting shot at. They could have, yeah. They could have just shown his hand or his foot got caught in like the rope. Sure, and that's what was keeping him caught there. You know? Absolutely. And then Absolutely. the pointless ramp in the middle of the water. What was <laughs> which, the purpose of the ramp? Which someone and the best built. part about the ramp is the, the guys ramp. chasing them, thinking that's a dead end as right. well. Like. I don't There's know how they see a ramp as a dead end. either side to go around the ramp. <laughs> and yet yeah. when he launches off the it, ramp, he's lost them completely. But also, why are they chasing him if yes. as soon as he clears the ramp and they're all happy about it, there's another bridge full of soldiers, guns drawn, waiting to stop him. You didn't with even need to chase him. With a net that they can't go under the bridge. Right, with a net. They can't go under. <laughs> with a net. They immediately start firing at the water to stop yeah. them. So you didn't even chase him as they went over with their Dukes and Hazard nonsense over the ramp. So, on the one hand, I enjoyed the boat scene because it's fun and the, the camera work of it's pretty decent. But it's all for nothing. But it doesn't mean pointless. anything. It gets caught anyway. Yeah. Like, I just... Yeah. It's yeah. unreal. But now he's caught. So And you have him tied up with Emilio and they're they're trapped there together. And I can't remember if this is like the, the third or fourth time that this gets brought up about you owe me. But I think Emilio says you owe me a sandwich. After everything that's happened, mm-hmm. Emilio's like, he you says owe me a he owes, she owes him a boat. She owes him a boat because it got blown up. Mm-hmm. She owes the scientist a helicopter. And the helicopter says to him, you owe me a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was yeah. Like, you the running gag of way, you, you owe me, owe me a helicopter. dot, dot, dot. I genuinely enjoy whoever wrote this. Again, it's like a bad 90s DVD or, you know, new VR TV show where the lines aren't anything anyone would say in real life, but they're funny. <laughs> Yeah. No one talks like a human being in this, sometimes. but they make me laugh. Yeah. You owe me a sandwich? Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes the dialogue, sometimes <laughs> the dialogue is god-awful, but sometimes oh. it has its moments. Sometimes. Yeah. But that really made me laugh. I mean, come on. Emilio is a character who will die for a meatball sandwich, would prefer to die by shark, according to him. Which would be a lot slower. And his proudest accomplishment I I would die is quick. that he survived dance camp. Like, this guy's yes. awesome. <laughs> I thought I would die quick, like by a shark. How is that? Exactly. That doesn't sound quick to me. And I was like, <laughs> that doesn't sound. That quick. doesn't sound quick at all. If I had to choose between by shark and by meatball sub, I'm more likely to die by meatball sub. I know my life, but I will choose oh, that over here. shark. I risk that death every yeah. day. Right? I don't risk shark because <laughs> yeah. I know it's worse. Nope. Exactly. But freaking awesome. And now you cut back to the the scientist who's got the reporter in his room with him as he's sitting there painting. And I only bring this up because it's just such a creepy touch when she's got a little bit of blood on the side of her mouth and he spits on his thumb and goes to clean yes. her face, which is the kind of thing a mother would no, do, no, 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 not no. the kind of thing whoa, evil whoa, scientists whoa. should do. You're sad. I know. No, no, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You sanitize the hell out of that. <laughs> he does not spit on his thumb. He takes out a handkerchief. And he licks it. <laughs> he rubs the handkerchief on his tongue. And then he wipes her face. And I was so disturbed by it because of the way he was licking the handkerchief that I was like, what the hell is he? What is he really going to? Because I thought he was going to spit on the handkerchief. He licks it. Yeah, it's gross. Oh, my God. Oh. I was like, oh, it's so gross. It was pretty It was and pretty. And then sickening. he wipes her face. It's up there with like and King Koopa from recoil. Super Mario, like his weird sexual advances. <laughs> it's on par with that. Oh my yes. It was pretty God, bad. God, it was so weird. And then you skip back to if we're gonna talk about scenes that and again, I love these characters sometimes, but why was there a scene where they play I spy? <laughs> why is there a scene where Emilio and Jack cuffed together in the middle of a hallway? <laughs> Start passing by the time playing I Spy. And I, I spy a mad I scientist. Ah, and they I both start laughing. Kind of like <laughs> their bonding Cut. moment. Just the, 
Have you got it? Yes. Is yeah. it an evil, maniacal, mad scientist? Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, but now they're buds. That's all it I took. Now they're buds. Oh, my yep. God. That's all it took. And that's where you have the evil scientist talking about, you know, I'm just greedy. And I love when she goes, how do you live with yourself? And he goes, I live just fine. Thanks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Just shrugs it off. But he says thank you in one of the most sincere thank right. yous. Like, he's like, oh, I live just fine. Thank you. Like, it's just so sincere the way he says thank you. Oh, my God. He was a delight. Just and then you have Jack now. escape again using his, his cuff key. But what confused me is. He gets hit while he's still, like, chained up there with Emilio. And mm. the whole time before that, he's playing with his mouth. Like, he's got the cuff key in his mouth. And then he gets hit, and it's like he's mm-hmm. choking on it. And he has to, like, do a Heimlich maneuver on Jack to get the, the key back out of his mouth so he can uncuff them. But if it was in his mouth the whole time, why didn't they bust it sooner instead of playing I Spy? <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, did you miss that? Oh, did you miss it? I must have. When the girl comes in, she, she, kisses, she kisses him and him. gives it to him. Ah, I missed that. Blatantly gives it like <laughs> yeah. it is blatant. I saw like she puts so it in his mouth. She's standing up. She's standing up and he's still trying to pull it into his mouth. In my well, defense, everyone can see. In him. my defense, <laughs> she's already rated him a two to a three out of ten. So when they have anything sexual happen, I stop paying attention. Yeah. Because I mean, clearly, I'm not yeah. gonna learn anything from him. He's a three out of ten. I'm at least a 4.5. So, hey, I don't know that you should dismiss him because she does keep coming back for more. I got two kids. 4.5 is good enough, too. <laughs> yeah. That's 2.25 each. <laughs> yeah, math checks out there. Math checks out. Yeah, math checks. Math checks. Oh, my God. So, either way, now we get to see Max in his true Frankenstein monster esque glory as Mad Scientist unveils him to our reporter woman. And sends him down to kill our two heroes. That's right. I'm now counting Emilio among the heroes since the villains have. Yep, that's fair. And two things. One, his version of kill them is to put his hand on Jack's shoulder and start squeezing like some weird version of Miles Morales with the hey shoulder touch. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> he just puts his hand there and Jack starts yeah. wincing like he's sexually uncomfortable. Well, and then he immediately yeah, breaks free of control totally the second Jack goes, but look up, your niece is up there, and he sees her, and the magic of love breaks him out of it immediately. Didn't take much to destroy his soldier programming. No. But now Which they have a Frankenstein monster so on their mad. side. Oh, yeah. See, the, the general was right. This was a bad plan. Just buy better general, guns. Yes. Yeah. And then all the soldiers get free. All of them. Like, I just... He goes, release all of them. Kill everyone. You're one soldier. The one that you thought was the improvement that you could control, failed. And your response is, release all of the ones I can't control and everything will turn out fine. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. It'll all work out. Spoiler alert, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't no. work out. It doesn't work out at all. It goes so badly. Like you think. It was at this moment she realized, I fucked up. He's like, <laughs> all I can hear is Job, I've made a terrible mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I made a terrible like, mistake. That's what that is. And it's not like a power outage happened or the hero hit a breaker that frees them. The villain makes a conscious effort to take the uncontrollable super soldiers that can decimate everyone and just screw it. Let them loose, even though they can also kill me. Man, I should probably get off my island now. Yeah. It's a baffling <laughs> decision. But it allows us to have those guys yep. go running out there with their pumped up veins and their bald heads. I don't know why every soldier except Max has no hair. Every super soldier is bald except Max. Yeah. It's really weird. Maybe maybe it just takes time for it I, to fall out. I, Either way, yeah, they all look like super soldier versions of powder. Props to Corinne. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. bizarre. <laughs> but oh, they so start cool. chasing everyone. They're killing the the mercenaries that they're hunting before. They're killing the mad scientists, like, lieutenants people. The super soldiers are just killing everyone. The random scientists who are there. Yeah. Like, Anthony Bourdain is one of the scientists in the background. Fun fact. (laughs) Anthony Bourdain was in the area. And he's in the film. He's one of the scientists that gets shot when they... The first super soldier is grabbed that Gatling gun that's in the testing area and is just unloading with it everywhere. So, if you ever want to see him go... You know, not for real. <laughs> you could see him go on yeah, this. Yes, gonna say he's dead. Nick. Yeah, but you couldn't watch that one. 
Oh, man. Uh, well, never too soon. So Never too soon. Either way. <laughs> <laughs> no sense of geography for the entire action battle. I don't know about you guys. Oh, I couldn't no, follow I, where nope. anyone was. I could follow the individual nope. fights. The actors didn't even know where they were. I could follow the individual <laughs> fights, but I couldn't tell where any of the buildings were in relation to each other, how far away people were. Are they the next building over? Or are they half a kilometer down? No clue. It's just a bunch of random skirmishes. None. The only thing that really stood out when you have Jack being chased by, I guess, the main one out of the, the super soldiers, I guess. It seems the to be chasing. Scene. Yeah, the parkour scene. It's a pretty decent parkour scene in terms of some of the things they're doing. He's like yeah. backwards flipping yeah. himself up ladders mm-hmm. and such. And that scene, again, goes on maybe longer than it should, about, you know, two minutes long. But when it finally has yeah. him cornered yeah. and he can see that between him and the, the super soldier in this industrial equipment area that they're at, because I think they're at like, what, a logging facility, I guess? I don't know what it is. Either way, mm. you have, it looks like an industrial saw meant for logging purposes, but it's activated by an infrared sensor that, of course, you can see. So you've got your nice red laser there. <laughs> so as it's coming at him, he swipes his hand through it, and it cuts that sucker clean in half. You don't eyes have to kill mouth, them my in ass. the mouth or the eyes. That's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just have to chop them in half. <laughs> Problem solved. Yep. You can't shoot them, but you can hack your way through. Now, you can cut through. On the subject of shooting them in the mouth or the eyes, I don't think I saw a single one get shot in the mouth, but everyone in this film is a crack shot for getting someone in the eye. Oh my God. These aren't headshots. These are eye shots. In the eye. Eye shots. (laughs) On running targets. Eye shots. Multiple. Yeah, multiple times. With n- almost no aim. Just turn around, hip fire in yeah. the eye. I yeah. just couldn't yeah. stand it. Yeah. <laughs> right eye shots, too. Never the left. Always the right. You're <laughs> right. Good effects. Always like the right the eye. Blood and everything out of it. Always Though the right eye. I did yeah. enjoy when the evil lieutenant woman spins around and manages to shoot Frankenstein uh. Monster Max. I was sad for him because he was moving fast. He was moving like the flat. I'll be honest. I didn't expect that. I thought he was going to make I actually didn't expect him. I did yeah, not expect him. it. He's yeah, so tough that even after being shot in the eye, it looks like the bullet's still lodged against his eye. And he lives I thought he enough. caught it with his eye. <laughs> <laughs> no, so honestly, because he didn't did die. I, I thought he caught it. He doesn't die right away. Yeah. He lives long yeah, that's enough why I thought he caught it. to get a hold yeah. of her and just spin her neck 360, and then he's yeah. down. Because <laughs> really, what yes. life would he have had outside of this film? <laughs> oh, for sure. So, again, in what must be the single worst decision a villain or a henchman has ever made, she makes a one-in-a-lifetime shot on a giant... He was just pancaking guys. And yeah. she makes a once a one-in-a-million shot right eye on the dead run. He's down. She proceeds to throw away her fully loaded <laughs> gun because she hasn't fired a shot to use her knife on him. Yeah. To use your knife to do what? He's dead. What are you going over there to do? Again, and he the bullet can't pierce so What's your knife dead. stabbing going to do? They go out of their way to what point out. What the hell is she doing? She is bloodthirsty. She's clearly there because she likes killing. Anytime there's a chance for her to be bloodthirsty, she volunteers, and it got the better of her at the end, which I appreciated. Villains always have their their main thing driving them be their downfall, and her bloodlust was her downfall. Fine by me. But either way, you have Max is now dead. The the second in command, the woman there, she's gone. All that's left is Jack, the reporter, evil scientist dude, and here to save the day, our true hero, Emilio, who shows up in his boat. So they can jump on it and drive off. And I love that when the scientist is there, stuck on the island, and he can see his super soldiers coming, and he's the only thing there to kill. When he looks off at our heroes on the boat, Jack throws up a double deuce at him as they drive yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't That's say it. a cool uh, one-liner. Just double deuce. No. <laughs> I was disappointed you yeah. didn't get to see the scientist get killed, though. After all those good effects... For the gore? That's for Far Cry 2. That's what I was suspecting, is they were hoping to lead it up to he somehow got away. Further cry. <laughs> Further cry. Yeah. Further, Further cry. And cry. farthest cry. Yeah. <laughs> That's the third farthest one. Farthest cry. And then you have your end happy scene of his boat that was blown up has been remade, 
And he goes, am I really just mm-hmm. a, a two or a three out of ten? And she won't answer him and smiles and walks away. And he goes, but you're going to see me tomorrow, right? Yep. And then him saying to himself, I, I can't be a two if she's going to see me again. <laughs> yeah, she can't be a two. I yeah. love the only thing that truly bothers him in this whole movie is where he scales that he's a two. for his yes. sexual prowess. That's it. Yep. That's all yep. that matters. Yep. Not the people who've died. No, not the monsters nothing. you're running around, the zombies. Nope. None of those no. things matter. So just this. Nothing matters. It felt like a happy ending, and even though then, what she went there for was killed. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then after that, the American couple are there again, and he storms off. Yes. <laughs> They're waiting on mm-hmm. his boat. <laughs> Wales. Again, because his character is the best. We've got our first client for the new boat. Oh, yeah. Who is it? Whales. We're going to see whales this time. You take them out. <laughs> and he just walks away. And that's it. That's the end <laughs> of the movie. God. And you know what? That's that fine. is the end of the movie. <laughs> I'm good with it. That's fine. I finished this. I said to Corinne, oh if God. I had to watch this again, I could. I, I couldn't watch it again. But I didn't say I would. Hilarious. I said I could. I couldn't watch it. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I'd have to forget about it. And then I'd be convinced. I'd have to, to forget it. about it. And then somebody would have to start a podcast about video game adaptations. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Unless there's anything we've missed, oh, any closing God. thoughts, I don't really have much more to contribute. Oh, no. I just, it was a fun throwback to the kind of movies I watched at Blockbuster. I would agree. It's a fun throwback to the kind of movies we used to make. That's that's yeah. what it was for me. That's yeah. where my nostalgia kicks in. I, I would say, uh, you know, if you're looking for a movie that is the definition of low budget fun, this might not be it, but it also might be it. So <laughs> check it out if you want, if you dare. Well, not <laughs> even close to the worst thing we've watched and I can't believe nope. that no of all the things we've watched if I was going to make a bottom five this wouldn't be on it I can't believe that the bottom five aren't entirely Uwe Boll films he's not the worst video yeah. game director out yeah. there I'm telling you no. he's not no. he's not the best no. <laughs> this is a bad film though let's not it's not a, yeah. let's not Again. steer anybody yeah. this is but a bad, bad film a good, it's just uh, how you approach it it's a bad film yeah. that i could have fun yeah. watching and you know what yeah it's a competent film which i never thought i'd say about Uwe Boll. <laughs> yeah fair well we'll bring this to a close but when we come back the last of our 10 for this round we're going to watch a video game adaptation to a film where the video game was adapted from comics. So it's adaptation into adaptation. It's multiplicity time. We are going to review the animated adaptation of Injustice, Gods Among Us. We're going to see if the story of an evil Superman translates well to an hour and a half as an animated epic that I think is rated R for DC. So look at them just going super dark in all possible iterations. Yeah. yeah. We thank you for joining us on Press X to Reload. I've been more with me as always for Wayne Brissett and Mark Athanas. Gentlemen, it's a pleasure being here. Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's a pleasure talking about it. Maybe not a pleasure watching, but uh, come back again. <laughs> we'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Press X to Reload. Today's episode featured the voices of Mark Athanas. Wayne Brissett, and Nick Moore. Our theme music was composed by Jack Fierick and performed and realized by Sam Fierick. If you like what you've heard today, subscribe and never miss an episode. Or tell a friend, leave a review, we'll take all the bonus XP we can get. If you have suggestions or feedback, you can contact Nick Moore via his email, retrogamingfool at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next stage.